The Radical Secular, a podcast dedicated to the separation of church and state. For full video episodes, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Radical Secular. I'm Christoph Gifo. And I'm Sean Prophet. And we are back to talk to you about all kinds of different things, not the least of which is my shirt. Before we get into that, I want to hand it over to Sean Prophet to talk a little bit about the show notes. Yeah, we have some uh, exciting news and some announcements to make. Um, many of you may have noticed that we have a new logo and a new banner up for our page, and uh, we're really excited about it. We have this brilliant designer named Tim Stetner, and uh, we actually worked quite a bit uh, with him on coming up with a sort of a philosophy, design philosophy for you know what we wanted. And what, what we were looking for is something very uh, bold and simple that would kind of uh, communicate what our channel is about and uh, what we're trying to do here. And you know it obviously combines uh, politics with uh, because of the flag and uh, the 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 negation of sort of the nationalism and the religious uh, the, the theocratic aspects of what you know America has stood for. And that's really what we are about here at the Radical Secular is, is really kind of you know um, <clears throat> lowering the boom on this uh, on, on theocracy and and what it's what it's done to the country and what it's actually uh, you know the da- the damage. We really, we really are all about exploring the damage that this, uh, you know, combining of religion and government has, has caused to America. It's, 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 it's vast. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and I think the sort of, <clears throat> sort of second piece of that is, and this is an ongoing quest in some ways, is that, right, because, and that is finding how do we, right, because, because religion and, and government have lived together um, and been uh, bad bedfellows for a long, long time, uh, most of human civilization, right? So, and, and, and a lot of the reasons for that is, because, is that it, is, it provides structure, it provides, uh, it provides the sort of social glue, and it also provides a way for powerful people to keep, um, to keep uh, less powerful people under control. And so um, the question then becomes, how do we as a society, as a civilization, um, sort of get away from the theocratic pers- sort, of, sort of glue, right? So, so that we don't have, so we don't need churches, uh, church communities to keep us together. We don't need uh, dogma to keep us together as a civilization. How do we replace that, right? And, and, and how do we replace that in a way that is secular? And I think secular is an interesting question, I think, that is frequently miscommunicated and we'll talk a little bit about that maybe you want to get into that yeah very very much misconstrued subject but i think part of our strategy also is to discuss the kind of you know the kind of damage we're seeing um you know that the conservatism and hierarchy and all those things do to civilization and um uh that that brings me to my next announcement which is that we have a a new feature that we're going to be trying to keep up with if, if time permits and that is um creating a shortened version of our show uh, uh, called short takes. And so we've already completed one of those. We'll be posting it very soon uh, from our first episode. And we'll kind of, it's going to, they're going to be several weeks behind, but uh, you know, that th- I think they're going to make uh, a very good, a very attractive um, introduction to our, our, to our channel for people who haven't, you know, don't really want to commit to sitting down listening for an hour, don't really have the time. They can get kind of the gist of what we're talking about. And the first one is called from conservatism to fascism. And that is, it, it, we really talked about this a lot in the in the in the first episode. Uh, how 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 conservatism just lends itself and and is now tending in the United States really towards towards fascism, even mainstream conservatism, and how mm-hmm. that how that hierarchy uh, approach affects you know uh, and and degrades democracy. 
Absolutely. I, th- I think that's a really good point. And, I, and I, I like to hammer on this a lot. And we talk about that in that episode. But that is, um, you know, the idea, it's really easy to think that, you know, fascism is a bunch of goose goose stepping Nazis and spit shine boots and skinheads. Right. Like or and, and that's what white supremacy is or that's what, uh, you know, that's what fascism is. But and, and that is those are those things are 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 those things, obviously. But but, you know, what we're talking about here is but those are just extreme versions of the same ideas that underlie conservatism fundamentally. And I think that is that that you cannot separate those things and be intellectually and be intellectually honest with yourself. Right. Like like the sort of mainstream conservatism is just like like it's just that right wing craziness light. That's all it is. Right. And, and it just, it's just a slower draw, more drawn out process but it's the same outcome it's the exact same outcome it's kind of the way they get you you know the iron fist in the velvet glove sort of you know it's it's mm-hmm. it's a way of 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 slipping this stuff in and saying oh it's not that bad you know we're just we just want to protect private property and free speech and all these things you know and so they, they're using that and meanwhile they are just dragging the country just dragging the country dragging through. it no, exactly, exactly. And, and, and Trump and Trumpism and Trump is it, it's just the most blatant and obvious sort of example. But like, right? But but that the, yeah. But again, it just he's only exploited what the groundwork that the GOP has let has 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 laid down since the civil rights movement, right? Like he, he's just explore he's just exploiting what he just saying out loud what people have been dog whistling for fucking thirty years. So you know, it, and so. It, you know, even, it, policy, it, it, even yeah, exactly. You know, the, the Reagan re, re, uh, policy under Reagan was not that different from what Trump is doing. Trump is just exactly phase of the same thing. But it's like there's a straight line between you know exactly Barry Goldwater exactly. to Reagan to, to to Trump. You know, it's just that it's that simple. You know, that's this is actually a really good jumping off point for talking because you remember you know how uh, Reagan liked to talk about the evil empire, right? Yeah. Like the, and the ad, you know, um, and this and this is I think a really great sort of st- uh, jumping off point for your T-shirt actually. Oh, yes. Well, <laughs> uh, I got to talk about this. My T-shirt says, never tell me the odds. And that is for everybody who uh, is a Star Wars fan, the Millennium Falcon. And uh, this is love it. what we need. What we, this is really what we need right now is a miracle of a rebel attack that hits the exhaust port and goes right to the, the core of the Death Star. Because we've got uh, right now, uh, we're, we're in such an advanced phase of the fascist takeover that uh, we've got all of the ways in which we could democratically reverse this are being are under attack, you know, from the from the mail, uh, the, the US mail uh, postal service is now uh, being attacked. Uh, you know, and that's on top of the gerrymandering, that's on top of the voter suppression, the voter ID laws, uh, disenfranchisement of, of, of minorities all over the country, uh, mm-hmm. and democratic voters, you know, this is like this, we're, we're, <laughs> it's almost, um, I don't want to say I, you know, we, we, I don't want to say hopeless, but it's it's very very close to hopeless when you start to realize that um, there it's almost impossible now to hold a fair election in the United States, and that's why everybody's all worried about it. I mean, whether we can even hold it and whether the results are going to be honored. So <clears throat> that's something that um, you know it's a scary time, and we need we need that uh, we need that miracle. <laughs> Absolutely, it it, it it really is terrifying, and of course, um, you know, uh, it, look. I mean, if we can make the Kessel Run in in under uh, how many parsecs? If we could do that, if we could do that, Sean, <laughs> if we could do that, we might be able to pull America back from the brink. <laughs> um, so, well, uh, so, so, uh, so, uh, 
Uh, Arsec is a measure of distance. The, the film used it as a measure of time, and this is like yeah, nerd, rage, yeah. nerd rage. Nerd yeah. <laughs> rage. Like, you know, it's one of those things that you look back on, and you you know, it is so obviously wrong, you know. Uh, but but it, but you know, of course, it's just it's just so classic. It is. Let's make the um, Kessel Run in twelve parsecs. <laughs> exactly. 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 Um, so yeah, and so so my shirt is this is the most provocative T-shirt that I own for obvious reasons. Um, that is in fact a noose. This says bling bling, and on the back, I think it's on this side. It doesn't mean it. Anyway, it says Afropunk, and so Afropunk is an organization you've probably heard of. It. They're really big in Brooklyn now. Um, they used to be small and out of Newark, and I was involved on one of their early projects way back before I even started law school. It was something that I was doing while I was in college, and you know, and uh, and I bought and I got one of these T-shirts from it. The reason why I'm wearing it today, though, and I don't usually wear it because it's so provocative, and sometimes I don't want to just walk around being this, the object of attention all the time. <laughs> only you could get away with this. Only you could get away with yeah, that. Only yeah, I, I can, can get away with right. that. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I don't recommend that. <laughs> Um, uh, but, uh, you know, so, you know, it, and, and so today, because it's, it, it's, uh, you know, a solemn sort of remembrance of, of John Lewis. Right. And I was, I was reflecting on that today as I, I reread the article that he wrote, the uh, op-ed that he wrote, uh, basically eulogizing himself. Right. Um, and I was reading that and, and, and then earlier today, I was drinking some coffee this morning and perusing Instagram, as I like to say, a hotbed of terrible ideas. And um, one of the and, and there was a guy talking on one of these threads and he had a meme that compared Black Lives Matter or uh, not just compared, but uh, but uh, but but uh, uh, equivocal uh, made a, uh, made this statement that Black Lives Matter and the KKK are equivocal are, are the same. Right. They're they're equivalent. That's the word I'm looking for. Equivalent. And that is obviously laughably false. But I so I got into a little bit back and forth with him. And, you know, and, and, and it just reminded me of how, like, right, like this guy said, and this is the same guy who said, by the way, he's like, I only post things that are consistent with science. And it's just yeah, like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's just like, you know, and, and I mean, you know, science, you know, so, you know, it just made me think of just, you know, how far we have gone, right? Like that we are in a position where we are have a guy who is an influencer, right? He had like, like, you know, thousands and thousands of followers oh, yeah. on Instagram, right? And he's like Mr. MAGA. And he's out there like going ahead saying this stuff. And people are just like, yeah, 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 yeah. And it just, and, and, you know, and it's just this deliberate misinformation, right? This deliberate misinformation, disinformation campaign that you get out of the right. To, and, and I had to literally say to him, and this is why I actually wore this today. It was like, well, like, have you ever heard of Black Lives Matter um, uh, lynching somebody? I have never heard of once, you know? And by the way, half the, most of half the people out there marching with Black Lives Matter signs are white. When was the last time you saw a black guy at a Klan rally? Right. Yeah. So I'm just like, you know, I'm so I'm like, so, so I was just like, you know, it's like that, that, that what really drives me crazy about that, Sean, is this idea of like this sort of, it's like sort of uh, minimizing, minimizing the significance of the KKK and the significance of lynchings. And, and, and in that way, the significance of everything that John Lewis fought for. Right. Well, and that's why I wore this shirt today. Where is the middle ground between lynching someone and not lynching someone? You know, where's the middle ground? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, what? 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 So, I mean, it's like, and this is what's going on. I mean, for for those uh, who are not familiar with the term, the Overton window is basically the mm. realm of acceptable political discourse. 
And um, essentially, all the stuff that's being discussed right now um, on the right, it would be would have been unthinkable. I mean, you know, you would have had congressmen, senators, you know, news personalities just resigning, just being fired for saying half the stuff they're saying today. And the reason that's allowed been allowed to happen is because the Overton window has been slammed to the right. So now you've got things that are in mainstream discourse that would have been far, far to the right, unthinkable uh, things, you know, uh, of 10, 15, 20 years ago. And so, Absolutely. This idea that, you know, of, of false equivalency, you talked about this in the show, uh, the, our first show when we were talking about fascism, you know, the, the, the idea of the left wing and the right wing are on the same bird, you know, this, yeah. all of this both sidesism and false equivalency is terrible. It's just, it's, it's, uh, it is the loophole uh, that demagogues drive the truck of fascism through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that one, by the way. That, that, that was a good one. That was a good, I like that. That was a good line. And because, because that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Because, right. Because it's all about distorting the truth, right? It is all about misinformation, right? Because like, I heard distinction today about misinformation, misinformation and disinformation, right? So misinformation, mm-hmm. I think is right. Like uh, it's accidental essentially, but it's flying mm-hmm. around. Disinformation is a campaign, right? Like that is like, we are purposely trying to, 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 to create a narrative, which is normal. We're, like, right, that's what politicians, that's what everybody does. You, you have a narrative and you're trying to push a narrative. But the question is, is how close is that narrative um, or, or is that narrative like is deliberately designed to to misinform, to to, to disinform, to uh, to manipulate people into, into thinking things that aren't true? And this is that this is what the Trump administration does right like this is what they've done since the very beginning right they lie and they double down on lies and they triple down on lies and they quadruple down on lies right well we're in a situation now where you know for for most of world history there's been armed conflict to settle uh you know differences and you know there, there hasn't been peaceful transfer of power that's a new thing you know sure. and so uh, uh in a situation where you where everybody agrees you're going to have a democracy a republican form of government whatever uh, uh, you have to agree that there's that there's going to be you know compromise and peaceful transfer of power. Well, in that in that situation, how do you uh, how do you engage in combat? Well, the war of ideas. These are munitions. These these disinformation campaigns are, are munitions. They're cluster bombs. They're Absolutely. you know they're hypersonic weapons. They're nuclear weapons. You know and Absolutely. and. and they're they're employed deliberately by people and they they it's like you said you know the bottomless pit of bad faith these are people who you know they're they're pretending that they're using their free speech to engage in honest debate you know this idea that's a rational scientific position to say that you know black lives matter and kkk are are are, are equivalent you know it's like what, what you know if you can pretend that you're in the middle right if you can right. pretend that, you know, anything extreme is is possible it's exactly it's, you know shifting again yeah, that's a really important point, right? It's this idea of pretending that there is that 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 like that it's just like oh no, reasonable people, reasonable reasonable people can disagree, right? And like right, it's like this idea that like there's two reasonable positions. I think you had a post about this this week actually, right? Like on Facebook, it's like you know, two re- we like we have to get past this lie that there is in America right now that we are a divided country and that there's just two. Yeah reasonable, reasonable positions that just can't agree. That is not the case. There is one fascist position yeah. and then there's everyone else. And, but, and by the way, within everyone else, there's a whole range of ideas, right? There's a full on leftists over there, right? Yep. That are like, you know, let's fucking, uh, let, let, let's get out the pitchforks, right? You got those people over there. 
And then you have someone like Joe Biden, right? Yeah. Who's about a, who's a, who's a centrist guy uh, over overall. I mean, I'm not, you know, I, I don't, his well, position centrist, again, centrist is a relative term, right? I mean, to, to, to absolutely, us, absolutely. You know, but, but he's being accused of being, you know, uh, of, of being, you know, a communist by, by, you know, right. They're so far to the right. That, that everything, you know, reasonable looks like it's far left. And that's the, oh, that's the consequences <laughs> of, of the Overton window being moved, you know? And that's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. So uh, I, I think, um, you know, part of what we wanted to talk about today was, you know, uh, was, was really like, what is secularism? For and sure. and um, I think it's going to be, become a more of a regular feature as we develop, you know, d- d- just discussing some of these, these crazy things that are now, you know, part of the mainstream discourse. And, and a lot of those are being are being you know, promoted by uh, religious leaders. You know, like you've got this one guy, uh, you know, for example, uh, this mm-hmm. guy, Robert Jeffress, who's saying that, uh, you know, Biden voters have sold their soul to the devil. I mean, this is this guy right here. <laughs> and, you know, how, I mean, how do you come off as a, you know, as a tax exempt uh, religious organization? You're not allowed to comment on politics. Right. And so. You know, it, it's one step away from saying that God endorses Trump, which some other other evangelicals have also said, you know, like so explicitly. Got, right. Yeah. They've turned this election into a battle of, of good and evil between God and the devil. You know, and that is that is incredibly corrosive to our mm-hmm. politics. Absolutely. And, and like, right, because then, uh, you know, what ends up happening is you demonize the other person. And, and like, you know, and, and I, you know, both of us grew up in, 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 in hyper, in a hyper religious environment, like conservative and religious environment. So like, I, like we have experience with this firsthand. Right. And I remember growing up and my entire perspective was always very binary. Right. Like, yeah. right. There was things out there called like the fallen ones was what it was called, the but they were demons yeah. and incarnates and yeah. like sort of, but like basically just anyone who is evil. And by the way, you throw communism in there, right? Feminists, mm-hmm. all of it, all that stuff just goes over. And so it's like this very sort of nebulous idea out there of just those evil people who do evil things, right? And mm-hmm. like, and so, and it becomes really easy to have this us versus them mentality. And it's like, and, and you can't, frankly, negotiate with that. Like we can't negotiate with that. And that's what, that, that's what I, 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 you know, I say, one of my another one of my favorite catchphrases is uh, we are in a we are in a knife fight in a fucking phone booth, right? We are not in a in a civilized debate where if we just give them some like a reason of like a, a, if we reason with them that we can get uh, we can get to a to, to a good result. I mean, I think secularism is really important in this fact, right? Because, right, because well, we're, we're not, to, we're, like, right, we're not, unlike them, we're not saying you don't get to do what you want to do. We're not saying you're evil people. We're saying that you can do whatever the hell you want. Just keep it out of our politics, right? Keep it out of our, of our civil society. Well, and this is what, you know, if, if you contrast our, our growing up years to what's happening now. Um, in our church, uh, I was always taught that, church and state were supposed to be separate. So we limited mm-hmm. our action to, we would, we would engage in political action, but we limited it to prayer. And we, right. would, we put out these, we would put out these, these, you know, these prayer trees and, and uh, these lists of, of, of situations and conditions that we would pray repeatedly about, but we were not right. out there electioneering because that right. was clearly against the law, clearly right. you know, against our, uh, the tax exempt status of the church would, would, right. would be violated. These guys are just violating their tax exempt status left and right. Absolutely. And that's so important. Like, I mean, I think it's important too. And I wonder how, what you think about this, Sean, I'm just thinking about this now. 
right? So I think a part of what was going on in our church is that it was a, like a fringish group, not fringe, just fringe group. And so, you know, they were under attack all the time, right? Like there was always people like trying to, you know, uh, you, you know, uh, undermine what, 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 what was going on there. But a lot of bad press, a lot of bad, a press. lot of bad press. So like, so, so getting out there and suddenly becoming political would probably just give their opposition the ammunition they needed to, 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 to attack them. But when it comes to Christianity, um, Christianity is as about as mainstream as it gets. Like this guy right here, I'm looking at him right now. He's like, right, this guy is right. And you know, he is prominently featured, right? Prominently featured. He, right. No yeah. politician would go out against him. Right. Even, even, even politicians on the left aren't going to criticize this. Right. Because it's toxic to criticize Christianity. And that gets to the problem. Right. That gets the, that gets, I think, to the problem. Well, religion gets a free pass no matter what. Right. I mean, it's like people figure if that's somebody's religious belief, you can't argue with it. And that's right. That's, that's, it deserves respect. And, and by the way, our church was very much rejected because we had a we had a sort of split personality. We had um, on the one hand, some of our politics were very right wing, you know, John Birch kind of anti-communist, hardcore right. right wing politics. But on the other hand, we had a lot of hippies and we had a lot of liberal right. ideas certain things about women's rights, certain things that, you know, that, that, uh, you know, that the church was very uh, 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 in disagreement with evangelicals and evangelicals just thought we were a cult. So, you know, there was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there yeah. was no, no talking with them. We were definitely not on the same page as evangelicals. No, 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 no. Like those things can't be confused. Right. And like, and, and, and again, you know, like the vaunted status, status of religion. Right. So like, you know, with the, you know, the tactism status, right. The uh, you know, like basically it's, you can't become president of the United States if you don't claim you're a Christian. Right. You know, like, like, like you might as well say you are a pedophile if you say that you are an atheist, right? Like, you know, like, you, like you're like, that is how some people will think of you. Um, and again, I'm not here trying to, I don't think we are trying to push atheism on people. Like, I, like, I, like you know, I, I, think, well, like, yeah. I, think, I think that's an important distinction, right? Secularism and atheism are not the same thing. And I think that is a really critical distinction. Oh, well, you know, when I first came out of the church, I was very, very much into atheism and very much, you know, called myself an atheist. I still do. But, you know, the, the bottom line is, is that, um, there's not a goddamn person in the world who really knows whether there is a God or not, or who's met God or who's talked to God or any of that stuff. It's all bullshit. It is all bullshit. Exactly. Is, anybody who says they know one way or the other is, is completely out of their mind, you know? And so it comes down to this idea of, you know, positive versus negative proof. You know, uh, you can't prove there's a God. You can't prove there's no God. And it ends up becoming this, this you know, kind of a pissing contest. I mean, epistemologically, uh, it doesn't make any sense to, to believe that there's a God unless you have some sort of proof. But then they're going to they're going to flip that around and say, oh, well, you don't know that there isn't one. And I know in my heart that there is. So right. it's an unresolvable argument. And it's not it's really not even that important. Because what, what, what God ends up being is uh, essentially a, a, a bully, you know, sitting on your shoulder that exactly. essentially people use to, uh, to get their will, to make their arguments for them, to say, this is what God wants. But it's not what, nobody, nobody has that phone to talk to God. Nobody, exactly. nobody, it's just not there. So it's just not real. Yeah. And so, and, and so, you know, and this gets into the interesting question of natural law as we talked about earlier, uh, like in our pre, pre, our pre-show conversation, I, you know, so, you know, because, uh, because, right, there's only a handful of people who claim to know what, uh, you know, what, uh, what God means, right, and, and, and what God wants. Uh, obviously, the Catholic Church is the, right, the churches, the pastors, all that kind of stuff. Right. 
Um, but it's all based on this idea of natural law. You, you probably talk about this actually better than I can. But um, you know, but the, but this this idea that that law that that law and order and everything is sort of ordained by and through an almighty creator. Um, and I think you should talk about this in terms of because I think you you had a really great way of talking about this well, before the show. Yeah, it's it's interesting because you know when you when you uh, claim natural law or natural rights, like a lot of people talk about natural rights that some of our you know uh, yes freedom of speech, assembly, press, all those things are natural rights, but but they're really not because you right. know, there's plenty of societies throughout history in the world that have not observed those things. You could be- In fact, most of them. You could be arrested for speaking against the king. You know, you could be arrested for for rabble rousing and all these other things. You know, there, 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 were, there, there were a lot of, uh, you know, so it took a lot of evolution to get us to the point where we made a declaration of rights and then we agreed with each other, we are going to enforce these rights in a court of law. So, you know, uh, but what are those rights and how was that decided? Again, nobody got on their God phone and, uh, you know, was <laughs> the right, you know, so um, these are not natural rights. And because if you say that they are, you've just moved the problem around, right? You've Absolutely. People talking to each other in a room, trying to figure out what is a right and what is not a right. And, you know, and whether they say this is what I think or this is what God thinks, same thing. Exactly. It's the argument from authority. Right. And that's it. it, You know, and and that's what's so fundamentally flawed about it, I think, in many ways. I just so, you know, the United States has had the the, the beauty of the American experiment, um, which that term gets thrown around too much these days. But nevertheless, maybe because it's so precarious uh, right now. But um, um, but like so but the but the the sort of uh, the idea and the beauty of the American experiment was that, like, look, we are not going to derive our the we're not deriving our rights from the like from or our, our our society from the divine right of kings. We're not getting it from a religious uh, sort of um, a, like a, a religious context. What we're doing is we're saying that we're agreeing, like you said, we're agreeing that these rights are inalienable. These are rights that, but we're agreeing, right? They didn't come from anywhere. Yeah, we had to agree. The funny thing is they say endowed by our creator, but that's, again, it's just a figure of speech. It doesn't- It's just a figure of speech. And I think that's really important because this gets this gets thrown around all the time and God we trust, blah, blah, blah. But like, you got to put it in the context of when they were writing this document, right? You're writing this time in a document where if you didn't say that, it simply wouldn't have been ratified, right? Like, I mean, right, like, you, like you have to think about it in that context, in that way, saying like, we say, I say, God bless you, you know, I, when, when someone sneezes, right? Because yeah. like, right, but like, you know, like, right, I, I say these things, I say, oh my God, but, but like, you know, but like- They're figures of speech. They're figures of speech, right? And especially these people, these guys were rhetoricians, right? They're, they're, these guys were like, they wrote in big flowery terms. You know, I remember reading, you read these cases like Marbury versus Madison's like the first case you write read in law school, right? And this was like basically sort of uh, established the uh, independence of the Supreme Court as a as the as the interpreter of the law, like the interpreter of the law, right? And so, but like you want to read, I mean, like, I just basically summarized the case for you. Right. Like I just that those words basically summarize the case. But like those are like pages and pages of the most flowery language of just like just like this unbelievably. And so that is how people wrote back then. God was all in those documents. Right. And and but it doesn't mean that these guys were these guys were, uh, you know, were were uh, were enlightenment guys. Right. Like these guys were that was where their influence came from this. And so, you know, 
we have, as a country, slid backward in so many ways. I mean, certainly we've moved forward in <laughs> many, many ways. Anyways. But, but in, in recent decades, we have gone back to this lie that like, there is like, some sort of like, God-ordained country that we live in. And, and, and these pastors are literally saying things like, this is a Christian country. Yeah, Christian yeah. nation. And, and how can you have freedom of religion when it only is one Right. One God, right. right? You've got this God, Yahweh, okay, and it's supposedly the same God that is worshipped by uh, by uh, by Muslims with uh, Allah, same God, uh, sure. Yahweh, Jews, Christians, sure. and uh, you know it's like, but what about if you're if you're Hindu? You know, you got Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva. You know, you've exactly. got uh, uh, you know, what if you're Buddhist? What if you're anything else like that? And so that kind of brings me to the the point where you know if somebody says this is a Christian nation, I, that's when I turn back to them and say all gods matter. <laughs> Yes. I love it. I love it because that's exactly right. I mean, How can you have religious freedom if all gods don't matter? You know, it's like, exactly, exactly. It's so true. Right. So wait, so wait, are you, so like, right. And, and it's like, look, I mean, right. <laughs> I mean, they all make competing claims. Like every religion makes competing claims about like a, if competing, competing epistemo, epistemological claims, like about the nature of how to understand reality. Right. Like in metaphysical claims. So, if they all can't be right. And so really, so what, so, so that means that we're having, that they're having a debate, right? And again, if it's, that's fine. They can have that debate, but let's not pretend that any one of them has a, has a God phone, right? They don't, right. they don't. And so the question becomes, how do we create a culture, a society, right? That's based on something that we can all agree on, which by the way, like for yeah. example, like inalienable rights. Well, and it has to, it has to, like, you know, inalienable rights are, are, are things really that we've derived by tradition, you know, from the Magna Carta going down through British sure. common law, through U.S. law, case law, all these things like that. Sure. that you know, obviously, Federalist stuff. papers. You know, Federalist papers. But, you know, but, but, you know <laughs> can you imagine, like, Alexander Hamilton's conducting a seance to talk to write the Federalist <laughs> papers? You know, he's like, <laughs> you know, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. And, and, and so, you know, you have people like this. This is another article I, I printed out today. And this is a guy who, you know, uh, named uh, Pastor Rob McCoy from Thousand Oaks. And, California, uh, right? The guy in California? Yeah. And he says that, you know, he's, he's all upset because, you know, he's being prevented by COVID restrictions from, uh, you know, holding, from holding church. So here this guy is. And, you know, he's taking his rights from his claim to God, right? to bring people together into a room to endanger their lives. You know? <laughs> I mean, come on. What, what are we even doing? Look at himself in the mirror in the morning. How can he, how can he get up in the morning and look at himself in the mirror, you know, and, 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 and live with himself? Yeah. I mean, it's unreal. It really is. And, you know, it, it, it's this sort of, Authority based. We talked a little bit about this before the show too. Like it's it's uh, this it, it's this idea. Uh, we talk about this a lot in general on in, on the radical secular, and that is about hierarchy, right? It's about this idea that you know, like my God given rights, right? That, that's what you hear all the time. You know, like my God given rights is mostly only with respect to the Second Amendment for some reason. All the other amendments don't seem to matter, but whatever. Second Amendment, God given well, rights. In and, here and, too. And, Freedom What's of religion. That? He wants to assemble. He wants, you know, these are basic rights, but he's doing it, you know, in, in a time that's dangerous, that where there's a good reason, a government reason to protect people from 
not doing that, you know, because every right. Absolutely. I wonder, you know, like, I, I mean, I wonder, you know, like, because the government, when it's the, the government, when it, like, it, it, when the government is, 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 is restricting rights, right? Like there is, uh, it, it, and, and it depends on the kind of, on the kind of right, there's a strict scrutiny analysis, right, that the court takes. So that means like for, for race-based claims, there's just the, like, for example, that that's like a, that there's a strict scrutiny approach. So they, that means the government has to have a, a like a, like a compelling, compelling justification, right. Based on safety, based on X, Y, and Z, right. So whatever, whatever reason, like to, for, for, for the rule. And then there's sort of the intermediate scrutiny and that uh, women's uh, women restrictions that may restrict women's rights um, get intermediate scrutiny, which is fucking bullshit, but that's mm. how it works. And then there's sort of things that are, that are not connected specifically to basically to identity. Um, and, and again, I always make my preface that I'm not a constitutional lawyer, right? I'm just, I like, I'm just sort of telling them from my general experience, but, um, but I wonder how the COVID-19, uh, the COVID-19 restrictions when they are, cause I know they're being ba- ba- bouncing around in the courts a little bit. Right. And I wonder the, how the court will eventually approach these restrictions, right? Because for example, uh, you know, the freedom of assembly, right, is a fundamental right. And the government can't restrain those things. We um, can't restrain those things without a really, 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 really good reason. Um, but what about, like, what about, and, and uh, you know, and, and what about wearing a mask? And what about, uh, you know, uh, public safety, right? I have an analogy and that is like, you know, um, we have freedom of movement. You know, we have free movement between states, movement, you know, uh, within our city and everything else like that, you know. Uh, but, you know, uh, cities put curfews in place when there's a natural disaster. Uh, they restrict your freedom of movement. You know, if there's, if there's a, a, a rock slide that uh, washes out a four-lane highway, okay, the government can close the highway and say, you may not drive on this road. It is now a crime to pass the roadblock because public safety. And I don't see how this is any different. You've got yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. You know, it's funny because conservatives, you know, like to have it both ways. I think on one side, they're, you know, very law and order, right? The rules, the rules, the rules. If he, if he just, if he <laughs> just complied, he would, he, he wouldn't be dead, right? Um, California yeah, pastor, exactly, exactly. exactly. Urges him to ignore, and this is exactly. a conservative. This is a conservative. This is a conservative, right? So it's just like, wait, so which one is it? Right. Like, right. Right. Like, so you get to pick and choose which rights that you get to assert and or, or which rules you just get to flout because of your natural rights. Right. And, and, and but, but meanwhile, but meanwhile, like this black guy doesn't have the right to literally be alive. Right. Uh, at the end of a fucking traffic stop. Come on. Double standards. Come on. Bottom bottomless pit of bad faith. Bottomless pit of bad faith. Yeah. Bottomless and, pit of, and like, I mean, Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. This is where fascism really, really uh, comes into play. And it is full of double standards. It is full of, you know, uh, uh, personal loyalties and fiefdoms. Absolutely. As opposed to, you know, uh, uh, impartial rules. And, and you know, th- these really are, this is what we're up against when we say we want secular government. We right. want no double standards. Exactly. Uh, you are held to account if you engage in bad faith arguments or, or, or bad faith applications of the law, you know, judges will shut you down. Judges will not listen to you, you know, and that's the problem with the Trump judges. You get these guys in there uh, and and women who he's appointing and uh, you know, uh, you're going to get these kinds of rulings. You're going to get somebody who's going to bias their ruling, you know, uh, in favor of, of religion in spite of public safety. Absolutely. And you know, that that's fascinating. And, and, you know, I, 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 
keep coming back to this, but you know, it's it, this idea that if I am at X place in the hierarchy and I only have to answer to the people above me in the hierarchy, right? So like, I don't have to answer down. So basically like what I say goes going down and, and no one can question that. Right. So that's what, and, and, and that's what I'm seeing over and over again with the sort of, and that's what's so insidious about religion and, and politics getting together. Right. Because religion's all about that hierarchy, right? God is at the top of the hierarchy and, and, and ministers and priests and pastors, et cetera, are here to interpreting that. And no one gets to question that. Right. And no one gets to question that. And that is, I think what's so dangerous. So, and, and, and that comes to the accountability piece, which is also that no, you don't get to hold anybody above you accountable. Right. You only get to hold people that below you accountable. And by the way, that accountability doesn't come from an abstract, from a set of rules that we've all agreed on. That just comes from my authority. Right. Well, and this, is the, this is what you'll hear a lot of times, you know, in these conversations you have with religious people, uh, whether it's on Facebook or whatever. And uh, it's just it's baffling to me, you know, how th- these people don't believe in democracy. Their, their no, whole attitude is God does not ask permission. God commands. Right. Exactly. exactly. And this is it's, it's, it's that's very Old Testament. But even, you know, even Jesus had, you know, had some pretty harsh commands in the New Testament, you know, and and uh, that that is what once somebody has decided this is what God wants. This is what Jesus said. This is what God said. Um, no human uh, government is going to be respected at that point. And, and they will uh, stake their lives on it. Absolutely. And, 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 and look, we only, and you know, ironically, these are the same folks that hate all the entire Islamic world, right? And think that the, the Islam is coming to destroy them, whatever. But that also, by the way, harks back to this whole idea of this, I, this like evil them out there and us behind this protective wall of religion or tradition or whatever else and the inside community versus the outside hordes. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, they hate, you know, I, and I, I look, <laughs> I'm no fan of, uh, of, 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 uh, you know, Islamic states, right. Like, I mean, uh, from, from, uh, what Turkey is devolving into, um, but the most obvious examples are Saudi Arabia and Iran. Right. Um, and those are like the most obvious examples, Saudi Arabia being the most God awful of those examples. But, you know, but the bottom line is it's like, you know, these people hate those, like these conservatives, these religious conservatives and conservative, like they hate these, 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 uh, these countries and these organizations, but like, that's exactly what you're want to achieve here though. Right. Like you, like you, you want, religion like the, the, the government to be subordinate to religion and that is what we at the radical secular are railing against railing right. railing because because here's what it is you know they uh, they just think they're going to be in charge they, they they can't imagine a scenario where this could be turned against them <laughs> right that's so they true just, so you know, true like you know, it, it, there was this whole conspiracy theory about uh, about Muslims trying to set up Sharia courts in the United States. Yes, yes. And, and these, you know, these courts. I mean, I guess they do exist, uh, but they're they're basically to resolve community matters within, uh, uh, you know, expat communities from these. Right. You have Muslims, and there's a dispute between families or whatever, and that's what the court is for. It does not supersede U.S. law. But the Christians are so paranoid about it that they're worried that these guys are actually trying to set up an alternate court system. And, right. and they're engaging in such projection because that's what they would like to do. They would like to have you, instead of going before a judge or a magistrate or whatever, they would like to have you go in front of a religious figure to, 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 to have, have your problems adjudicated. You know, so it's almost like it's, a, it's very, um, you know, it's preposterous because none of these people would want to live in a Muslim theocracy. I mean, this is a place. No. 
you could be stoned to death for um, saying you want to leave the religion. There's no exactly. And, like you definitely don't want that. I mean, and, and again, the, like, the, like the fundamental, the sort of the underpinning of all of this is always ignorance, right? And 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 cherry picked facts. And, and not fully understanding what a theocracy is, right? Because if they under, really understood what a theocracy is, they'd realize that's exactly what they're advocating for. Like, right, you know, like, because they clearly don't know it. So a lot of it, so, you know, again, if, you're, if you are taking your information, like without any question from the pastor, just because he happens to be the pastor. And meanwhile, this pastor is also actively engaged. We're watching it right here. We just talked about it, right? Actively engaged in electioneering and politicking, Right. I mean, come on. So 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 basically like so you so you so you're in this position where you don't ask any questions and and you just and, and anything that contradicts the views that you have already established is just the evil people trying to propagandize you. Right. They're just trying to they're trying to straight make you stray from God like these. Again, I like to stress this and I keep saying this over and over again. But, you know, we talk about these extreme examples and I don't want people to say like, oh, well, I'm not that kind of Christian. And, and, I, and I'm sure you're not if you're a Christian watching this. I'm sure you're not that kind of Christian, right? And I'm sure you're not a religious zealot. But the, but the but, you know, but maybe but, but then, but then the question becomes, the question becomes though, you know, at a bare minimum, like let me use the example of white supremacy, right? White supremacists, we think of white supremacists, you think of like skinheads, right? You think of of goose-stepping Nazis and spit shine boots. Right. That's what you think what people like to think, or or KKK and nooses, right? Like that is right racism but like but and, and that's but that's what white supremacy is but like that's not that's a caricature of it right yes those people exist and they're terrible but that's not what we're talking about what we're talking about is how religion and conservatism sort of work together in this sort of insidious partnership and also racism right and it's this insidious partnership that is quiet it doesn't yell at you right the the, the this is the first, Trump is the first time, and Pence are the first time that they're literally using a bullhorn. They've been, before that, they were using a, they were using dog whistles, right? But now we're just seeing, this is just, this Trumpism and what the, what the Republican Party has devolved into and what it has, like, and what it has traditionally been is the framework within which, is, is the groundwork upon which those white supremacists, all those evil people sort of exist. Absolutely, and I mean, by the way, the word theocracy should strike fear and terror into everyone. Like it I does me. It does when, me. When I say theocracy, okay, people kind of their eyes glaze over. They're not really, really locking into what this means. This is Kim Jong Un level, you know, a uh, Stalin level stuff. Okay, absolutely. The Handmaid's Tale is not an exaggeration. It is not an exaggeration, and and a lot of people think terrifying. A lot of even even a lot of liberals are kind of like, oh well, that would never happen, you know. Exactly, it is happening. It's happening now. It's happening now. The, the the framework for The Handmaid's Tale is being laid right fucking now. Absolutely, man. Absolutely, and like you know, and 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 you know, it's 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 this idea that right people think that like you know fascism shows up where you just wake up one day like you know one day you're voting and the next day nazis are dragging you out of your house like that's not how it happens right like it doesn't happen like 0 to 100 one day it's like it's like it happens drip by drip 
by drip, right? Like, because what you, you know, the, the, the whole frog in the water analogy, I think that's actually not true. Like, I, I don't, I like, no, I've heard that that's actually complete bullshit. Like, the frog yeah. will definitely jump out, you know, right. like, but the, but the analogy, but the, but the analogy is that, like, you know, if you put a frog in the water, you slow up, slowly turn up the heat over time, over time, over time, the frog will literally cook itself. And that is not true for the frog, but it certainly is for us in civil, civil, uh, uh, civil society. This happened down in, not in Chile, but in uh, recently in, uh, now I can't think of this, uh, of the South American country, but you had the, but, but like I, I listened to, a, um, to a, uh, a radio show about this recently, a podcast about this recently. It's like, you know, it's like the people, it, they, they didn't turn, it didn't become like a fascist authoritarian government overnight. Like it was one little thing at a time, just enough that you don't, people don't want to be, don't want to react, right? They want to just go about their daily lives. Like we have a bias towards that, right? Human beings, we all have a bias towards that, you know? And, 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 and then one day you wake up and you realize that you can't leave your house or you can't vote or, or the vote or, or <laughs> the election has been postponed, right? Right, well, and this is, this is what it is, is that, you know, um, a lot of Americans are very afraid. And if they tell themselves that this is not as bad as it seems, that allows them to have a little bit more time mm-hmm little bit less fear, a little bit less direct anxiety. But, you know, it, it is something that, um, I mean, the alarm bells are ringing. The, the, for sure, for sure. The klaxon is, is going off. You know, we, we are at that point right now where, you know, it's conceivable that, you know, in some number of years from now, we might not even be able to do a show like this. Right, right. Which is fucking nuts, right? I mean, like, certainly if people like Donald Trump had their druthers, we would do it, like, right? Like anything that was critical of him, would be wiped off, would be wiped out of the media, right? He's already called the the press the enemy of the state. I mean, the enemy right. of the over state. and over again. Over like again. that's part of his rhetoric. Yeah, part of his, like his campaign stump speech, right? Like he's like right. Like that is that's not even like once or twice. The first time he said it, we all like flipped out, right? Because we're like, wait a second, this is like literally Nazi propaganda, right? Like this is like, like, right. This is like, right. There's actual stuff that says this in the Soviet union or in, or whatever else. Right. So, um, but now it's now commonplace and that's the kind of normal, that normalization that we're talking about. Nobody pays attention anymore. I mean, that's Trump popping off on his Twitter feed, you know, but exactly what they don't understand is that this, this is corroding this is corroding our discourse, you know, on exactly. a daily basis. And, and you know, this is, I, I, I want to talk about also, like, for example, because we, we started to touch on John Lewis and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and his, you know, uh, President Obama's speech at, at the funeral. And the fact of the matter is, is that it was one of the most, um, it was a brilliant speech. And it was really probably the speech that John Lewis would have given had he been able to give his own, his own, uh, his own eulogy. So absolutely. Um, it was it was a it was a pa- impassioned speech. It was uh, very current and talking about a lot of the things that are going on uh, that the Trump administration is doing. And um, you know, it was it was it was it was bold. It was um, timely. And I can't think of you know it was it was also um, statesman like. I mean, it was absolutely. A, it, it was the kind of of message that we need to hear as a nation from the White House. And. Mm-hmm. What are we hearing now uh, instead? You know, there's been a whole bunch of right-wing commentators popping off about that speech, talking about how, you know, it was politicized. And, you know, it's like politicized. This is what John Lewis's entire life was about. John Lewis, you know, basically paved the way for Barack Obama. Absolutely, he did. And Barack Obama did his stand, like his, like early in it, like early on, he did his um, standing on the shoulders of giants uh, sort of uh, rhetoric. And not in this speech, but in general, like he did that when he was president. 
And this is these are the giants he's talking about, right? Like you know, these, these are the giants he's talking about. And so and so for Tucker Carlson Carlson to go on the air like in that just complete piece of garbage that he is, and 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 then and then accuse Obama of politicizing um, polit- politicizing a speech. And of course, if you read, and I have it right here, if you read John Lewis's thing, I mean, like right, like Obama basically, I mean, like I mean, it, it was it reflected. John Lewis's op-ed, like, I mean, it really, really did. I mean, it, 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 it capitalized on those themes. It talked about those themes, right? Um, and so for Tucker Carlson to come out here and and say that he's politicizing, that Obama's politicizing John Lewis's death, which is, 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 is this gaslighting because it's, it's precisely what Tucker Carlson is doing, right? Like, that's exactly what he's well, doing. It's right? completely like, flipped around. It's, it's completely flipped around. I mean, I, I mean, Obama's speech was was tone pitch perfect um, exactly. for what should have been said at that at that time. And um, you know, it, the fact of the matter is, is that Tucker, Tucker Carlson and and the entire right wing are are actually deathly scared that Black Lives Matter is making a huge difference. That the tide is turning. The tide is finally turning to the point where we're not. There's not going to be able to be uh, second class citizens in the United States anymore. Right. The hierarchy is going to go away. And so um, this is a catalyst. What's happening right now with Black Lives Matter is a catalyst and and it is a groundswell. I mean, if if the people get to vote in November, they will sweep out this administration and they will sweep both houses of Congress uh, if we hold a fair vote. Okay, that's going to happen. And so that means that at a certain point, you know, um, fascism is not going to be able to operate as openly as as it has during the Trump administration. And these guys have tasted blood. They have tasted blood, and they and they are now um, out for blood. Absolutely, you made an analogy. You made an analogy, uh, maybe on one of our previous shows, or maybe some one of our other conversations. When you said that, right? They, especially during the Trump administration, right? So uh, they are like a, they are like an animal, like a trapped animal, right? Like they're in the corner, and and, and they're in that corner, and I'll just keep um, piling on it, uh, piling on analogies. Um, but like, right? They've also painted themselves in that corner. Right. So um, because they had a choice when Trump ran, when Trump actually let me back up, they had a chance in in 2008 when uh, when when Obama won, they had a choice. They could say, "Okay, look, this is the face of a new America, obviously. Mm -hmm. Right. Like the old regime is starting to change. What we could do is we could adapt. And they tried to for a while. There were some people in the Republican Party that said, look, we need to start thinking about our future. Like we can't run on purely on racism anymore. This tiger, we, we've been riding this tiger a long time. We have to find out, we have to like, pull in conservative Latinos, right? We can do some things to make, to make our art, to, to rebrand ourselves, but they didn't because of Mitch McConnell. They doubled down, they doubled the fuck down and they did them for, for eight years, for eight years, they did the exact opposite. And the right wing media, and because they just couldn't, they couldn't forego the immediate, the immediate like reward for down the road significance. So what they, so, and then they had another chance after Obama, because here comes Trump, right? And they had another, it's another chance, even more, a more poignant chance, a a more, to say, hey, you know what? Maybe we should, you know, condemn this guy. Maybe we shouldn't get on board, but they did. And now they've painted themselves in this corner and they are a scared animal. And I actually, in a lot of ways, enjoy watching it. Because fuck you, honestly, no. fuck you, talk Tucker Carlson. I have like I have a, I have a few thoughts about this, and, and the, Go the for first it. one is um, just talking about how in the 2016 campaign, you know, all of the mainstream 
uh, Republicans who probably would have done a lot of what you just described, like Jeb Bush. Yep. Or, now, I don't know about Marco Rubio. Marco Rubio is pretty out there, but you know, but He's Jeb a Bush, fucking shithead, that guy. You know, would have would have mainstreamed the Republican Party a little bit more. You know, more like Mitt Romney or someone like exactly, that. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> could have gone that direction. Uh, and what happened is, is that Trump knocked them all out. And that, and, and that doesn't say as much about the Republican Party as it does about the American people, because yeah. Republican <laughs> voters, Republican voters, primary voters, it's like the party didn't choose him. Primary right. voters, <laughs> right? So, right. so this rhetoric appealed to those people much more than the mainstream sort of uh, rhetoric that the Republicans, uh, the, the other candidates were, were using to try to, you know, to not go in that racist direction. And right. this ties back into uh, the demographic transition that we're going through. And that For is, sure. you know, by, I think it's the mid 2040s, we're supposed to be a majority minority nation. Uh, California already is a majority minority nation and also uh, under 25s, I think, are already uh, majority minority. But mm -hmm. we will have by the 2040s uh, a demographic shift whereby the entire population, including seniors, are, you know, majority minority. Right. So, um, and that's happening through die off and through the birth rates. It's just natural. No it's way. To yeah, just happening. It's like what it's like what I said before. You know, if you if you wanted to to uh, go back from a multicultural society into a an a white ethno state, you have to deport or kill everybody else, and that's not <laughs> going to happen. So, you know, I mean, I, I suppose it could, and that's this is where this is going. That's they, what's so terrifying about it. Yes, they can't do this any other way. Right. The, the demographics are going to swamp them. So they they had a choice to either either uh, live by democracy or to fully embrace minority rule, which is, which is the, uh, the, you know, moving 5%, 10%. What happens when it's 20%? What happens when they got to win by 20 in order exactly. to stay in power? And the only way to do that is really to just, you know, some kind of martial law or just full on repression. You can't, That's it. You can't voter suppress your way out of a 20% deficit, you know? Exactly, exactly. You basically just at that point, you have to just suppress voting altogether. Right. And you have to literally have an apartheid state like a like a like a, you know, like a South Africa or like a, or or in the most extreme example, um, an Israel. Right. With the Palestinians. Right. So you basically right. have like a group of people that you just I, I, I've talked about with conservatives about this before, because conservatives are frequently, you know, obviously are anti uh, social programs, et cetera. And, the, and, and, and so, you know, and I always say to this, like, you know, so if you if your argument is like let everybody just you know right sort of pull themselves up by the bootstraps like you have to know if you're honest with yourself that a lot of people are are, are going to fall through the cracks like most people are right most people are like you know like right they need food people need food stamps right they need unemployment insurance they need all kinds of things right they need healthcare so like but so my question so my question to conservatives though is like so what is your plan for all of these dying and dead people like right like like what like they're like right as just like you are you going to wall them off. And just put them in a, in a tenement somewhere because that's what you'll have to do. And that is what happens in power. That's what the Palestinians, that's what the Palestinians are going through, right? That's what South, that's what apartheid was. That's what in the 60s, the tenement buildings, right? They threw black people and redlined them, right? That's essentially, that is what happens when you don't address the needs of communities. That's what happens. And we see that that is not long-term tenable. It never is, Sean, because people, and this is what conservatives never understand and fascists never understand and authoritarians never understand is that people have an initial, people don't want to be lower on the hierarchy. People want to be free. People right. want to be free. You cannot stamp that out. 
you know, like you might think that you have your pet black friend who's okay with not being black and not talking about blackness, but he or she's not really happy. Right. You know, and it's just a matter of time. If she gets with other people that she's going to say like, you know, fuck you. Why am I doing this? Right. Like, and, and then that's how revolt comes. So my question is like, what are you going to do with all the dead people? No, they, they have they have no plan and they haven't thought it through. And, you know, if they uh, they will make moves toward fascism and that's where you could see a new modern Holocaust. And um, right. I, I want to take this back, though, uh, sure. uh, to, you know, the, the the original point of our of this show. And that is, you know, what is secularism? And and okay. in order to answer that question, we have to really go back to where, you know, gods began. And and, you know, you, you, you take society where it started out in, in, in small tribes and clans. And, you know, there was, there were a lot of, uh, you know, nature gods and, and, and mm-hmm. things like that ancestor worship and all, and, and those types of things. But when you started getting the, making the transition from hunter gatherer to agriculture, you started having larger cities. And it turns out that anthropologically, these larger uh, cities and kingdoms, uh, once they got to about a million people, you started to see uh, angry gods, uh, and very and powerful gods and vengeful gods uh, uh, coming into play, and that's where you know all, all of the Judeo-Christian tradition came out of the Middle East, which is kind of the cradle of civilization, Mesopotamia mm-hmm. and, and those places. Uh, so it, it really is uh, gods were brought into government uh, early on to deal with you know larger populations, and so that's why we still have a problem with this because. The, the, uh, they had to control those populations. It was not, they were not democracies. They were, they were kingdoms. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the king, the, the ruler had to have the authority of a deity. They had to, they had exactly. to, and in Egypt, you know, the sun god, Aton, mm-hmm. you know, with, with Echonaten. Okay. I mean, this just goes on and on. You look at, you look at all of the ancient world and this is, this is true. The, 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 the marriage of, of, uh, of hierarchy of God and king and, and, and country you know, has just a long-standing human tradition, and that's what that's what we have to break. Absolutely, and 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 I think that's that's a really important point. And uh, I think what I think is critical to to point out is that you know we're fighting against an unbelievable momentum, right? We are digging our heels in up against a ball that has been rolling for literally all of civilization, right? And that is a really hard thing, right? So we're at a point where, you know, and I'll use the term atheist, and, and I, I, I'm really an agnostic, right? Because I really, as a technical matter, I can't say whether God or not exists, and I believe that proof matters. So, um, and so, but like, I'll, as a shorthand, atheist, right, you know, People like I, we were saying earlier, like right, you can't even you can't be president of the United States unless you at least claim to be a Christian, right? I mean, obviously, you know, what's his face in, in power right now is not a Christian. Obviously, he's just no. a sociopath. Couldn't care but, less. He, he couldn't fuck about about Christianity or religion. Possibly care less. I mean, like, I mean, he couldn't possibly care less about anything that does not have directly to do with him. Yeah, at all. So. Um, but he's a but, theocrat's right. dream. He's a theocrat's dream. He's doing everything they want because it's a, they've made a bargain. Yes, exactly. Right, exactly. They've made a bargain. And he knows that bargain, right? He panders to his, like he panders right to evangelicals all the time. He knows where his power comes from because that's exactly where it comes from. And that's why he picked Pence, right? Pence yeah. is like the, the sweetheart of the, of the theocratic right. He is, a, he is like the face of the theocratic right. The guy who calls his wife mother, like just yeah. <laughs> 
fuck, man? Like that is the weirdest. That is some of the weirdest, weirdest fucking thing, you know? <laughs> what is that? Like, you know, like what, what? Anyway, it's like just so old school. I mean, like he is a guy. He's a guy who, like, you know, like Handmaid's Tale is like his wet dream. Like, you know, like you, like I mean. Whenever I, when I was watching that show, I told my wife all the time, I was like, this is what Meg Pence wants. You think I'm being dramatic, but this is what, this is the world he wants. No this is it. No Fucking crazy, dude. Fascist, authoritarian, and theocratic. Um, I lost my train of thought. I don't remember where we're going with that. We can go. We can. We can talk about something else. But that, well, that was. We're a getting close slide. to the end of our time. We're we're about we're at about an hour. So um, okay. If you want to, I, I think I think it's been a good a good conversation. I'm uh, really happy about it. And uh, yeah, I think it was a lot of fun. I think too. Like I really hope that we clarified a little bit for everybody what secularism is and sort of why we call ourselves a radical secular. Right? Like we are committed. Um, we are. We are. We see ourselves as the as a bulwark against theocracy right like we are pushing back against we want like our job our goal is to galvanize people like-minded people and perhaps not even people who aren't even like-minded right and get now but maybe will be and get people involved and realize that look nobody wants a theocracy nobody like even religious people out there you really don't want a theocracy right and you like because like any reasonable person doesn't want a theocracy and so we at the radical secular, we are radically committed to secularism as the glue that can hold a society together and that can move us forward into the 21st century and, and, and frankly, get us to a point where we are consistent with countries like Norway, Sweden, and the entire, most of the EU that is like increasingly more secular. Yeah, and one thing I want to say about that, I mean, I do believe that secularism, it, it is the nexus where, uh, that, that kind of cuts through all the, you know, left-right, you know, political nonsense, you know, that, that, that goes on here. Because, you know, if you can just answer the question, does this make the country more secular or more officially uh, religious in terms of government? And, and you know, it, that's, that's what we need to do. We need to move away from official religion. Exactly. I want to clarify also that I have no problem with churches. I have no problem with with religious Maybe. freedom, with mosques, with 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 temples, Not at all. with uh, you know Buddhist temples. You know, all of those things are, should be part of civilization. They just should not get tax preferences, and they should not be able to write laws. And that's really kind of <laughs> kind of sums up the whole the whole secularist position. So true, and like uh, like bad like, and I'll let you like to talk us off, but like. Uh, uh, but bad religion, and as everybody knows at this point, if you've been watching this for any length of time, is my favorite band, and uh, you know, and 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 all about rationality and secularism. And the idea is, uh, you know, one of their song, one of the songs is uh, "Do What You Want." It's, but it, the first line is "Do what you want, but don't do it around me." You know, and so it's like basically like, and that and like, and, and that is what I say. And, you know, like I, I, I have no problem with religion. I have no problem with church. I have no problem with any of that. It's like just don't do it in my government, right? Like, because we all have to be part of this government, right? Like, like you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's not just you; it's all of us. And I don't agree, believe that. So let's just do something neutral, essentially neutral, that is based on things that we can agree on, which is which are things like you know. Everybody, like people, should be happy. People should 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 shouldn't be starving, right? Like the, the basic basic principles of civilization. Yeah, utilitarianism, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. Exactly. exactly. It's very much like it's very much like sexuality. You know, um, I, I, I oh, I, what a great analogy. Basically, you know, um, have sex with whoever you want, do whatever you want, threesomes, foursomes, I don't care, whatever. 
uh, as long as it's consenting adults and as long as it's in private. I don't want exactly. To, you know, and that's, I don't want to see you guys have sex. I really don't. I really I don't. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see you worship. I don't want to see you have sex. That's like, <laughs> right, exactly. You know, I, mean, I think it's great that you do that. Like, if it, like, do what makes you happy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, thanks uh, for watching the Radical Secular, and we will see you next week. You've been listening to The Radical Secular, a podcast dedicated to the separation of church and state. For full video episodes, please subscribe to our YouTube channel.